there's some sweet games too because it's, so it's not just like oh check out these games just for the sake of it it's definitely like check out these games like there there's definitely some that are like you know either a prototype or somebody you know just learning or what and that's what right. jams are for like it's it was funny to see like the roller coaster ride of like uh ando from osat games uh yeah. the guy who made Did he go up- go pogo yeah, he, he ended end up, up submitting, and it's great. It's it's nice. an awesome little game. He ended up, like, instead of trying to make, like, the mechanic that he came up with was, like, every time you jump from that spot, there would be, like, spikes that would spawn, and then every time you would, you would have to replay the level again on the theme of permanence, mm-hmm. um, you know, so oh. it's like, okay, you'd have to go through the level, and he was kind of thinking puzzle platformer, and I think he was getting overwhelmed. Like, number one, I think because he's someone who's, like, released commercial games, and then you see the success of, like, games that come out of game jams and become commercial games, so I think he's putting pressure on, like, oh, man, I could have a, my next project here, you know, when instead of, like, some people are just like, I just want to whip something up and get some practice right. in, you know? So he 100%. kept going, like, ah, I, I don't have anything. I'm not going to submit anything. I don't know. I don't know. And then he ended up just making it, like, a single-screen, like, arena so it's there's no levels. It's just the one stage. And it's actually every time you land now instead of every time you jump. So every time you land, uh, spikes will spawn as soon as you jump or move off that space. Okay. And then it's just there'll be like a random gem that like spawns randomly in the room somewhere. And it's just like, go get that gem. And then you respawn in the middle where there's like one little safe spot of grass where spikes won't spawn. But anywhere else, if you touch the ground after a jump, spikes spawn. And then it's like, just collect as many gems until you die. That's cool. It's a really fun concept. Yeah. Yeah. And like he tweaked it a little because when I was playing it on the stream, there was like a really kind of cheap exploit that you could do. You could like if you landed like right on the corner of one of like the upper platforms, spikes wouldn't spawn. And I just like. Once I knew I could do it, I was like, okay, the last run I did, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do it this time. I'm just going to see what high score I can get. And every time I was just like, let me hug that corner. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't help it. I mean, I, I did it a little bit less egregiously, but I definitely was just abusing that. Yeah. And he patched it like right away. He was like, hey, do you mind <laughs> if I patch that? Like, is it okay within the jam rules if I take that? Because it kind of breaks the game. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this kid, there's like no stakes really to this jam other than for fun, but Man, everybody, it's been amazing, man. Like the, just the community around it, like how positive and like supportive everybody's been. Like it's, it's kind of nuts to be honest. Like every, all the feedback from everybody has been like either like, man, I don't really do jams anymore, but I did this one because, you know, I listened to your guys' podcast or videos or whatever. And they're like, and I'm so glad I did because it was like not so stressful or it wasn't like too many games where it's overwhelming and like, yeah, just nonstop positive feedback about the community and we i feel like the community just grew a shit ton because oh yeah well we did have a bunch of like our our friends and pals who we've met along the way uh submit games we definitely had a lot of people who i met for the first time through this and definitely submitted some awesome stuff like yeah some some shockers man i i oh man i did four streams of the uh jam stuff that were only one i think one of them was like about two hours but the other three were like three and a half hour like mega streams and nice pretty pretty dang fun man hey everybody welcome to pursuing pixels my name is kevin portelli and i'm here tonight with john hines hey there 
And it's just the two of us. We're trading out Randall for John this week. I know we were stuck with a uh, duo episode, or not stuck with Randall and I, or stuck with John and I, but whatever. That's just the way it goes sometimes. Randall's had a hectic week with uh, family in town, and just kind of, he was like, I've, I'm available tonight, but I'm kind of burned out, and I haven't played a ton of games, and yeah, definitely a much much needed and well-deserved break, I'm sure. Randall's working hard over there on the other side of the country. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, John and I are here to dig into some games, and we kind of had some other... Like, I know, John, you've been playing uh, Triangle Strategy a little bit lately, and we might want to save that because we were talking a little bit beforehand, and maybe we'll save that for a later time when we're all there because I know you and Randall in particular probably have a little bit more of a, an affinity towards like JRPGs. I know we all like strategy games and everything, but... I feel like that's probably the better choice, but I guess just for like a quick, like, what are you, are you enjoying the game so far? Just for a quick, quick thoughts off the top. Not, not to spoil it, but like, I, I'm loving it. I'm yes. really enjoying it. I like, I know that when we first brought it up on the podcast that I was, you know, uh, I played the demo and was disappointed that it wasn't Final Fantasy Tactics uh, or whatever yeah. sequel, spiritual successor or whatever. But av- after putting like, couple dozen hours into it like i'm really glad that it's its own thing so we'll get into it at some point yeah but that's that's awesome to hear because i know we've been not not totally burned by every like late latest like triple a release that we've picked up but i know i was kind of bummed on mario golf like i just feel like there's a few it's not all of them that you pick up and then you're like ooh, that was worth the trek to the store and the 60 dollar price tag or whatever so i'm glad you're digging it so far and uh and yeah i haven't had a ton of time i I shouldn't say i haven't had a ton of time to game i've been playing a ton of games this week we just uh finished wrapping up our uh, pursuing pixels james jam game gam which is ridiculous the more and more i say it the more ridiculous it feels every time but i love it um and yeah we had a an amazing turnout it's still technically at the time of recording this by the time this comes out it'll be done the voting period and everything but yeah we've had uh we had 51 games get submitted from uh, a little over 200 people that signed up uh, not everybody got their game across the finish line, but I've played almost I did four streams and I think there's maybe only five or six that I haven't played yet. I've played them, but I haven't played them on a stream yet. And I don't know if I'll get around to the time, especially like if uh, I was basically playing like whoever was hanging out in the chat. Uh, a lot of the developers that worked on the games and stuff were hanging out. You know, we were hanging out in the discord all week, posting progress updates. But that's where a lot of the surprises came in, because like there were maybe I don't know, 10 to a dozen people throughout the week that were sharing progress updates in the discord. So there were like those games that I knew like, okay, I'm looking forward to this one. Or these are some friends of ours that have worked on games in the past where it's like, okay, I know I'm looking forward to this one from, from them. Cause we just know their caliber of stuff and they just always do cool stuff all the time. But mm-hmm. yeah, there were a bunch of sleeper hits as well that just kind of came out of nowhere or maybe just kind of like did, maybe they posted like one teaser clip. Like there was one that I thought for sure was going to be like a 2d side scrolling platformer. And it ended up being like a solar punk garbage management simulator Ooh. where you're like crafting stuff like, Oh, I got to take these plants and bottles and turn it into a, a solar panel and throw it Ooh. on the, like you're like picking up buildings and like chucking them across the arena. It's, it was a really cool. And you're like managing, like there's a trash meter that's filling up that when it fills up all the way you lose. And then if you're able to like plant enough greenery, and get that meter to the top, you win. And I was, I came so close on my last try, but I wasn't able to get across the finish line. I doomed the planet to destruction, I guess. <laughs> but there, there were so, so many cool games. I guess a couple quick ones too to shout out, like our pals at Super Try, Kevin Cole, who we had on the podcast, made like a full blown. I think he even got a late start. Uh, the the jam lasted for a week, so we gave everybody everybody a week to make a game, and then a week to 
go back and rate everything, but he made a full blown like mini Metroidvania puzzle game where you play as a cat that oh, you like yeah, I saw that. pick up these. Yeah, it's called Blink Blonk, mm-hmm. which is a great it's got great art, wonderful music. Joe Keneally is like the the guy who does all the music over at Super Try, or at least most of it. Uh probably all of it actually, to the best of my knowledge. But yeah, it's just like a really funky and there's even like once you get like you know, there's a couple different power ups you pick up or abilities or even just kind of like a, a moment where you're like, oh, here's like kind of a, a turning point in the game. And it's got a decent size. I actually like got uh, Kevin told me that I kind of sequence broke a certain section of the game. <laughs> and then I actually like got stuck because I like went through a certain way and fell down a pit. And he was like, hey, I think I fixed that bug. And I was like, perfect, because I was like, I wanted to I was like playing it for quite a while. Like I played for a good half hour at least before I got stuck. And it's still like there's still like a map room. Apparently, I got to find and like all sorts of stuff. But yeah, really cool. Like to and uh, the theme for the game jam was permanence, so everybody tried to, for the most part, for the most part, everybody did a pretty good job incorporating that theme in. And this was like there were these blocks that you pick up throughout the game that you can basically like pick up and then you can place them anywhere as you pick them up. But they're like permanent. So you, you start off picking up like one or two and then you figure out, oh, here's it. Now that I have a wall jump, I don't need to use all four to get up this staircase. I only need to use two now. And now I can go to this new section and pick up five more and then work my way back. And now that I have more blocks, I can climb up higher in this other area. Huh. And it's just kind of like a lot of like and then the other main mechanic was like some of those blocks, um, the same blocks that you pick up to like use as platforms that you can kind of place anywhere like it's kind of like on a grid basically a little bit the platforming feels fluid it's not like uh grid based like uh prince of persia or anything like that but it's like nice fluid platforming but you can tell like the the platforms kind of like lock into specific spots sort of but there's also like you plug them into like power panels and to like activate certain jump pads that launch you up into higher areas or it's just such a cool like i love a good like we talk about Metroidvanias all the time on the podcast and I, how I'm always like, I, I love a good platformer and like mm-hmm. in theory, a lot of these I should love, but they're just like, I get lost and frustrated in this. So these mini Metroidvanias, even though I did get a little bit lost, but I guess it's just cause I got stuck in this case. But, uh, yeah, it's, I just, I don't know. They're like the perfect scope for me. And like the fact that it's like a little more, there's a few abilities, but it's more puzzle heavy. Um, I don't know. I just absolutely love that game. And then there was another mini Metroidvania called Everlight. I wasn't planning on getting into these so deep, but it was from our pal uh, Francis Vase. I think I talked about Trash Quest on the podcast, and I definitely talked about Trash Pit. I talked about both of them briefly, at least in mention, but I think I talked about Trash Quest, which is like a mini Metroidvania, kind of more precision platformer, run and gun, like just a yeah, just a good solid retro Game Boy almost style uh mini metroidvania but they actually whipped up also another like precision platformer metroidvania called everlight for the game jam and it's awesome you get some really cool abilities that you get this like static cling ability that you like cling to the walls and you almost like grind up them and then you have to like use the momentum to like jump back and forth or use your double jump to like jump back into it or static cling while you're falling down to slow your fall so you can like time a jump over a gap perfectly and it's just like Got this really clean one bit style minimalist story where like uh, that basically there's like some blue electrical pipes and stuff that you can interact with and you can like shoot your eyeball head. You like plays this like little robot and you shoot your eyeball head straight upwards and you can like it's almost like a little grappling hook that when you hit certain things that like launches you upwards and yeah, it's just like a little precision platformer with really clever level design. I was just blown away that again uh, some of these games that were made over the course of a week's time and many of them that started late or joined late or finished early or whatever, just absolutely blown away. And again, just, I I can't stress enough how awesome the community was, but I know, uh, 
uh, or the community is and uh, how awesome it's been like throughout the entire course of the game jam and everything. And I know that uh, you and I are planning on like playing some of these games. I know I've played a bunch of them, but we'll probably dig into a few of our favorites and stuff on the podcast. I know I'll be making oh, yeah. some videos and I'll put links to uh, the streams that we did as well in the uh, episode description here. But uh, I think we can switch gears here and uh, kind of go the same direction that uh, Randall and I went last time we uh, <laughs> were flying yeah. with the two of us. And we can lean into the uh, Nintendo Switch uh, online expansion pass, which, again, Randall was gracious enough to add me to his family plan lately. So I've been uh, digging into the Nintendo 64 stuff this time around. Uh, Randall and I got into the Genesis games, but John was mentioning that he was playing Majora's Mask recently. And we saw that they added Kirby 64 after we just talked about the Forgotten Land recently. So it was just like, okay, no brainer. Let me fire this up and start, you know, checking out what's available on the on the 64 uh, hardware, online emulation hardware, whatever you want to call it. But why don't we start with uh, Majora's Mask since uh, I think you've even talked about this a little bit on the podcast or save it for the cast or something. Uh, But it was a while ago. So the the way that I've talked about this game in the past was when I was replaying it on the Wii U. Because, oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! I was thinking. I was thinking it must have been like the 3DS version or something that you just nope. dug out for some reason. I don't. I honestly don't even remember why I was playing it on the Wii U specifically, other than I had it on Wii U and I don't. I don't have an expansion pack in my N64. Like yeah. I had borrowed one when I was in college from our buddy Glenn, and like once I once we weren't roommates anymore then I didn't have an expansion an N64 with an inspection pack anymore I so. forgot that that game needed or required the expansion pass yep like and not not the switch expansion pass the actual N64 yes. expansion pass which also I I didn't realize uh until I started playing it on the switch is that it has the whatever the copy it has the I don't I should have looked this up what the name of the stone is. It's if you played the game with a rumble pack, it would vibrate around oh, secret yeah. areas. So I was playing it and I was just like, why the fuck is this vibrating in my hand? Oh, so they did incorporate that into the, in the, uh, the Switch. Switch emulation? Yeah. Okay, because I figured, like, because there's been a little, even, we'll get into it when we talk about some Kirby 64 uh, a little later, but, like, there's been some, and I think right when the uh, 64 stuff first launched, people were like, oh, what the hell is going on with this emulation? Like, a little wonky, but yeah. I know your initial reports on it were kind of like, eh, mostly good. I haven't run up against any wonkiness, yeah. really. I haven't tried anything, like, you know, I've done any of the online multiplayer, so I don't know how it right, fares on right. that front. But yeah, mostly just like how how does it translate to a like pro controller, which is what I've been playing these games on. But yeah, with Majora's Mask specifically, I have I had the Game Informer issue that had a full walkthrough for that game before I bought the game. that's amazing when i was a child like a literal child like i was reading that the issue of game informer and learning all the secrets of a game that i didn't own and it wasn't until i like i think it was probably when the wii was out that i found a used copy of majora's mask like it was years after like it had come out that i actually got around to playing the game so i've literally always played the game with a full either background knowledge or with that literal guide like i was gonna say you still have that guide or? oh uh, a hundred percent and it's Heck a great yeah. it's a great guide like it is wild that game informer did full walkthroughs for games yeah that's kind of nuts because like, i have my 
I still have my Prima or Primo, whatever, uh, Ocarina of Time, because it's got that shiny gold cover. I I do remember, like, my cousins beat that game without a strategy guide, and me and my brother, when we were kids, we were just like, what? They're like gaming gods. They beat that (laughs) game. They beat the Water Temple without a guide? But, like, with Majora's Mask in particular, there's, like, so much in that game that is really confusing for a kid. Yeah. I was going to say, especially as a kid, you're just like, what is going on? I think I've said this before on the podcast, but I never learned that song of like, that slows down time in the game. And I'm just like, am I just supposed to speed run and memorize this game? Like, how does this work? Didn't figure it out until years later. But like, so what I wanted to do in this playthrough for a game that I've, you know, played and beaten a couple times now, like I wanted to go in like, Basically just with my memory and like using cl- like clues that are in game to beat the game. And yeah. already like I'm in a lot of areas where I'm like, God, I don't really remember how to do this. Or it's like, I know that there's something that I get from this, but I don't know exactly what the steps are. But like the game itself gives you like the bomber's notebook, which is a thing that you do at the beginning of the game. And it it tells you like each NPC that gives you a mask, like here's their schedule, here's what they do. Or like, if you get a major item from them, like it tells you that. And so like, there is stuff in the game itself that does kind of act as a guide, which I think is really genius for the game. But like overall, it's just one of my favorite games of all time. And I'm, it still holds up so well i just think it's such an entertaining and like fascinating story i i think it's really well done there but like it's really funny to play it i also had just been playing ocarina of time again but like that yeah. one is so much more straightforward in comparison and like oh yeah, yeah. it's I, like it i, it, I haven't it really is at this point yeah and majora's mask really is kind of like the zelda 2 of of the 64 mm-hmm. games like zelda 2 was so different and so like kind of obtuse a little bit you know like again like obviously even when i went back and played majora's mask as an adult it was like oh how did i not learn this like scarecrow song or whatever whatever the song of time is like i'm like how did i miss this playing the game like did i it must have just been my tendencies of even as a kid being like screw this dialogue forget this What (laughs) what is this person talking about although i used to i will say when i played games like a reason i never really got into jrpgs or at least would never finish them uh, although I, other than stuff like Pokemon, I guess, but like, I always, I had that compulsion. I finally kind of kicked it, but I, I had the compulsion of just like, I got to talk to every character. I got to see every piece of dialogue, like just to know that I did it, like just in case I missed something. And I finally kicked that. So I wonder, I wonder if I gave a good JRPG a, a fair shake that like one that I know that you don't need to like grind and you don't need to like do that kind of stuff. Like, I wonder if I could find something that would would work for me. But yeah, Majora's Mask is one that I've never beaten. I definitely need to at some point in time because I think I've only made it to the part where you like you you're able to turn into the Goron. And that's like about as far as I got into the game. So I think there's quite a ways to go after that. Yeah, that's like the halfway point, basically. Yeah, it felt like I was like making some headway and like got over like kind of a hump. But I definitely felt like there was a ways to go. But I think Twilight Princess came out or some some game came out right around that time that I was like, that was the reason I was playing it kind of just getting my Zelda hype ready. And it was just like, Oh, time to play this on the Wii now. Yeah. Um, which also, I never beat that game either. Twilight princess. <laughs> so <laughs> I hardly beat any Zelda games, to be honest, only like wind waker. And that, that legitimately might 
be it. I think I did like I played most of uh, Ocarina of Time and weirdly like whenever I go back to a game, usually like if it's years and years later, I'll always start from scratch. But for whatever reason, I was just like, oh, I'm on the spirit temple. I'll just go polish this game off. And I like played the last couple temples and technically beat Ocarina of Time. But I feel like I haven't like had the full even experience with that game of like yeah. finishing it proper, I guess. But yeah, I don't think I've other than Wind Waker. Not even uh, Link to the Past or the original ones. Like, I don't think I've beaten any other Zelda games. What about what about you? I think I've beaten everyone except Oracle of Ages, Minish Cap, and Spirit Tracks. But I, I've also not played every one. I've, I've never played... Yeah, there's a few I haven't played, too. Oh, actually, I've only played the first, uh, uh, like hour or two of zelda 2 and like just yeah i've barely I touched that yeah shucked the controller after that because like, it's a frustrating game to play yeah like, you, on, me- on you a mentioned obtuse and that is underselling it like that i just have no idea what's going on in that game like yeah with, and, and with even a the guide and the controls are kind of sloppy and oh, wonky yeah. a little bit it's just oh man the, the early days of the nes where there's still if you if you played those games and you have the nostalgia for them or if you have the like if you're able to look at it through the lens of like history and like, oh man, look at what this game was doing at that time. You can maybe appreciate it still a little bit more or a little bit, uh, play it with a little more fondness. But yeah, some of those games, I, as much as I love retro, man, oof, oh, yeah. they are rough. Like there's a new game. I was just talking to somebody the other day. There's a game coming out called donut Dodo or Dodo donut or something. That's like a very, it's kind of looks like a burger time or like a donkey yeah. Kong esque like arcade single screen, arcade game but like it looks like those games but the platforming it, i haven't played it or anything but just in looking at the clip of the video is like this looks so fluid and it's like that's the only thing those games lack is like yeah. cool levels cool gameplay but going back and playing even donkey kong the classics i'm like oh my god so rigid you know these mm-hmm. games like nowadays are so fluid so yeah it's, it's hard to go back to the retro stuff oh, yeah. some of these days but sometimes yeah but yeah sometimes exactly when you go back it's the greatest game of all time. Which. I know. I'm. I still. I'm shocked that like because I feel like for the most part, Kirby sixty four. Kirby. What is it actually called? What's the full name? Kirby sixty four Crystal Shards. Okay. And uh. And I feel like for the most part, this is kind of like a. I don't want to say forgotten Kirby game, but I, it definitely. I don't feel like it gets. Like, they all the have love. their specific audiences. Like that's true. There are like the diehards for each game, and that kind of goes with any series. But I, I rarely. I feel like I rarely hear people say like it's usually like Kirby Superstar or yeah, Kirby's everybody Adventure says Superstar. Or, yeah, like it, you rarely hear anybody saying that. Uh, Kirby 64 is their favorite of the bunch, but I know you've been championing this game for a while. And then we just talked about Kirby in the forgotten land. And I know I don't want to say, I almost feel like bad. Like when I was editing that, although we, we weren't as negative as I remembered when we were talking about it, like live in the moment, mm-hmm. but I, I do, I just kind of left that game. Like I enjoyed my Kirby time, but I wanted a different Kirby time or something. I don't know what I wanted, but I just wanted more Kirby, I guess. Yeah. And uh, as soon as I saw that Kirby 64 got added, I was like, ah, why not? And you, I saw you were digging into it. You like made a post on Twitter that you were playing. And I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to dig in. Oh, yeah. Um, And yeah, I've, I just got like almost all the way through World 3. I actually did a stream of it this morning after doing all those game jam streams. I was like, I need to just play something like kind of mindless and Kirby 64, which I have up to this point. To the best of my knowledge, I, I do own the cartridge, I believe, uh, and I don't I can't even say that 100 percent for sure, but I'm pretty sure I bought it at some point in time in my retro collecting days. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've ever even I don't like usually I'd buy the game and pop it in and like play the yeah. first chunk of a level just to make sure it worked because the cartridges, you never know. Um, but I don't think like 
to the best of my knowledge, I'd never seen this game on a television screen Damn. up until I booted it up today. Other, other than seeing like a, you know, little clips and trailers or whatever. But honestly, I was pretty shocked by like how clean the graphics it looks are. Like so good. Like, I don't know if it's just upping it to like 480p or whatever, whatever the up res on the switch situation. It looks clean. I mean, it's also uh, a super late. It's 2000. It came out yeah. like at the end of the N64 lifetime. So like they and, are and it's essentially it. like a 2.5. Like there's plenty of 3D elements, but it's kind of a 2.5. Like the fact I'm guessing that because they kind of restrict the gameplay to a 2D plane mm-hmm. in a way they even though there's like some cool like Klonoa like curving of the track like i love when they do though like there's a couple or when they'll put an enemy in the background and it's yeah it's not one that you can interact with but it just gives like it's it's the easiest trick because it's otherwise it's just a flat background but you see one like polygonal character in the background and suddenly you're like oh this game has depth yeah exactly and actually as i was playing on the stream there were a few people hanging out like oh i like these backgrounds like all like throughout every level like oh this is cool and they're like Again, like it's definitely like there's some stuff that looks better than others. Like there's some trees. Where I'm like, oh, that one's lacking a little depth. But then you get to like another part of the stage and you're like, oh, that, or not depth might not be the right word, but lacking a little detail or something. But then you yeah. get to another se- section. And you're like, oh, man, look at the art direction here is just amazing. Like taking full advantage of the N64 and like leaning into its limitations to make something really, really cool. And I, I was kind of surprised my my first instinct and like initially booting it up and just going in totally fresh is like this is slow like Kirby mm. moves really slow compared to other games like you know you do the double tap to get Kirby running and like to me it almost feels like there's like next to no difference to like get Kirby moving and it does feel a little awkward playing on the D-pad with the pro controller like that the pro controller just doesn't have the best D-pad um, okay, but well, I was, I was gonna say I just world, lo- I've, I'm so used to and love playing with the D-pad. I love the fact that you can't play with the analog I would, yeah. stick. I was I like, thought it yes. was like broken at first, oh, but yeah, well, that's perfect. true to the original game. Yeah, just sticking to that emulation, like we're just mapping the controls yes. to these buttons. Um, so it took me a second to get used to it, but but once you get the hang of like the flow, and it actually because of that like kind of isometric, because there's almost like there's like this weird angle to the camera when it's not doing like a cool like like curve or something that it's almost like Kirby's like a lot of times like kind of running at a slight angle like towards the screen a little bit like Sometimes. I don't know how to explain it but it's like tilted like just a little bit where like you're almost running like down a, like towards the bottom right corner of the screen just ever so slightly but like that perspective like does give you a little like you're able to see a little bit further ahead of you I feel because of that but like also it moving a, a tad slower stage. helps but yeah it does like yeah the, sometimes they're panning it and it's like behind you from that angle and you're kind of running like towards the top right of the screen or something which is really cool it makes the game feel really dynamic like i like i was having a lot of frustrating moments in the game it's one of the harder kirby games i'll say like a lot of like obstacles where it's like you trigger this and it's like oh i just get smashed and insta killed where you don't see that a lot in kirby games like unless you fall down a a pit which is hard to do when you can basically fly even in this game when it runs out you you can fly for a long time time. Yeah. yeah Yeah, but like I still even when I was getting frustrated, like there were many there were like a bunch of parts I just kept dying or getting hit by the same enemy over and over. Like I grabbed a power up and trying to combine it with another one and like missed or just killed the enemy on accident. I'm like, ah, God, or like, what am I doing? Like it it had some frustrating moments, but like for some reason and I kind of feel this way about all Kirby games. You're just kind of like along for the ride. Oh, yeah. 
And it wasn't bothering me in any way. Like other, there, there were a couple moments. And I, again, like when you're streaming and you're trying, you're just like, ah, I just want to keep moving along and not getting stuck on this stupid level or this one dumb spot. Um, so I probably would have felt differently if I was just like kicking back in the recliner and not worried about like, oh, I just want to see some more and like whatever. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's definitely, I'm, I'm having a really good time with it. And we haven't even really gotten into like the main gimmick of the game where like you can kind of combine power-up abilities and it was kind of interesting too my my very first playthrough so i booted it up for like a quick second before the stream like last night i think and i played and i saw like it asked you at the very beginning of the game it's like do you know about kirby's copy ability and i said yes like i obviously know how to do this and then after i started i was like oh yeah but i don't know i actually don't know how to do the combining abilities so i should when i started on the stream i'll make sure that i click yes and start a new file and i click yes and it still didn't tell me how to do anything it just like started me in the game so I don't know if it was just a little glitch or hiccup in the game or I, I don't know. Did you did you have it walk you through that step or did you just go, I know how to do this already and not worry about it? Yeah, I just went in straight away and didn't see the that's so weird that it wouldn't show you the like tutorial. There, like, There's a slim chance that like maybe I like wasn't paying attention and then like looked at like, you know, how so, like if there's only two options, like maybe I thought I had the yes selected, yeah. but actually I had no selected. Right. Um. So there's there's a possibility I did that. But anyways, I figured it out quick enough to where it's like at first I was like, oh, this is kind of like, how can you swallow another enemy once you already have a power up? How do you like combine these but then it's like you hit one of the shoulder buttons kirby like hoists it up above his head and then you can like chuck it as a projectile but if you hit an enemy that has another power up it like turns into a double star thing or whatever you can also <laughs> and then you throw can it above you and just like eject it kind of yeah, yeah. just like i want to get rid of this thing well oh, no, actually no well you can hit an enemy like if yeah. it's flying yeah i didn't even think about that mm-hmm. um but and yeah, also, it's been if, really if fun you to hold combine an enemy above you but without swallowing them. Some of them do different things like a Bronto Burt, the flying like pink purple guy will fly like will lift you up for a little bit. The parasol enemy will just act as like the parasol ability in Kirby games what? and you'll fall slower. What do you mean by hold an enemy above you? Because usually when you suck in an enemy, don't you usually just suck them into your mouth? You just yes. mean like hold it in your mouth. You hold it in your mouth without absorbing them. It, like before ah. you absorb an enemy, you can press either a shoulder buttons or like one of the C buttons, and you'll put the, you'll like hold them above your head, and they'll do different things. Ah, that's cool. Because I was at one moment, like pretty early in the game, one of those like umbrella characters comes looking down or comes like fluttering down from the top, and I was like, oh, nice! I'll combine this ability with the umbrella. And it just like popped into nothing. And I was like, wait, what? No umbrella in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, no so it's umbrella, cool that it's implemented no in different ways. It's it, a lot of stuff is implemented in really different ways. And there's a lot of cool like one off enemies and stuff or like there, there are a lot of times like the power up will still be like a fire power up. But it's like, oh, here's like a little volcano version of this enemy or here's like a I, there's some really cool tweaks on the normal like uh, the normal state or the normal uh, cast of characters you see in Kirby games as far as enemies go well they're actually this is like I've I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before that this kind of is a remake of Kirby's Dreamland 3 so this and is I'm curious about that like I definitely see it a little like the level select and like the crayon stuff like there's you can definitely see even like in the stylistic choices you can see the the tie-ins but also the enemies like this is actually the second appearance for a lot of enemies who are first appeared in Kirby's Dreamland 3 and then a lot of I think almost all of the bosses are 
the same bosses that are in Kirby's Dreamland 3. So Acro is the end of the level 3 boss in 64 and Acro first appeared in uh uh Dreamland 3 same with Pix which uh of Pix is one of my favorites. Is favorite. Pix the the painter? No, Pix is the three crystals. Like the red, blue, and green crystals at the oh, end. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I just beat that. Love boss. that boss battle. Really it's, cool bosses so far. Like the oh. way they're like kind of in a three D arena where you're like yep. running around. Like a lot, again, a lot of Klonoa battles are like that too. But I guess Klonoa probably was borrowing ideas from here. Although I guess I don't know which one came first. That was a PlayStation game originally. Yeah. But I'm more thinking of Klonoa too. The way it kind of has these like curving paths. It definitely had, you can see the similarities for sure. Oh, yeah. um, even in the gameplay, kind of like the way it's yeah, just aesthetically and everything. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of even I don't know if this was the first time that you saw like Kirby and like DDD teaming up, but it's cool to see like DDD pop in and like he's like, oh. ah, let me break out my hammer and smash it's these so, wall those sections. Sta- and, like those stages are so fun where you get to use everyone else's powers. It's so cool. And it's like there. Yeah, there's like that little bit of an element like the game, at least for me, it does play a little bit slow and a little bit sluggish i guess which is kind of the same thing but but sort of like i i don't know but but it's it's still a cool game like it's definitely a cool kirby game to experience especially as somebody who's never played them or never played it and really does like the kirby games and i'm now i'm even excited to explore it a little bit more because i didn't realize about those like secondary power-ups or even like yeah i didn't think of i was thinking of it just as like oh there's not like the regular kind of like eject the power up button and maybe there is and i just didn't figure out which button it is but like normally you kind of like hit select on uh on kirby in the forgotten land and you just like shoot out the star or whatever and you know and you can just go get another enemy but in this game i couldn't figure out how to do that so i assume that's what like when you hit the shoulder button and you just launch the star upwards i kind of assume that's what it was but yeah no it's probably useful for hitting like a flame enemy flying above you or something like that. But I know we both ran into a bug and we were like swimming in some water levels. And I know you have some extensive experience with the original cartridge and never ran into this before, but we both like, I don't know if you, I, for me, I hit like one of those spinies or whatever they're called. The, the spikes underwater. That's at least what I hit both Gordos. Okay. Spiny must be Mario or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but I hit one of those both times and then Kirby just like basically is like paralyzed, but right. I, I wasn't, I wasn't out of health, but I just like, fall but you to were the invincible the too. So you couldn't get hit. Like you were, yeah. like I, I was in one of the like scrolling stages and like a, I, oh, okay. a rock hit me from that was coming from one side and the, yeah, then I also got like stuck in place and like was invincible and the screen wasn't moving so I couldn't die, but I was able to like pause and reset the level. Yeah. It and- didn't like freeze, freeze. It just kind of like, yeah, just glitched, I guess. Right. Bugged out. But like the game also only has an auto save feature. It doesn't like have, you don't save your progress in the game. So like, I was really bummed because that happened like I knew in like the very last seconds of that level and I had gotten all three crystals. And so I was like, ah, God, I guess I have to restart the level. And then I did. And it had already auto saved and kept my Ah. progress with all three crystals. So I was like, oh, all right. I'm not too handy at least. Not not terrible. I had it like that was how my stream kind of ended. I like I had it happen once and then I play. I think I beat that ended up beating that level. Maybe it happened on the same level. I don't know. But I think. I feel like I beat that level and then played another couple levels, got to another water level and it happened again. And I was like, eh, yeah. I'm getting a little hungry. So now's the time to make some lunch and 
call it quits on the stream. But yeah, I, I am. I do intend to hopefully go back and just kind of hopefully not run into that issue too many more times. Although now that you're talking about Dreamland three, because I know we've talked about that on the podcast, too. And uh, both I think we talked about when you and I played it because we did that like stream of it a long time. Oh, yeah, back. with gooey. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and then I played a little bit with my cousin, Drew, my young uh, like second cousin, Drew, when I was back home. And I know I, I think I talked about that on a save it for the cast or something, but um, really enjoy that game. And I, I, I do like the feel of the gameplay of that one. But this one's got so much charm, too, and that added element of, yeah, DDD and even like. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I always feel like, yeah, like Waddle D was kind of like the Goomba yeah. of the Kirby series. And was this the first time that Waddle D was like kind of your pal? Because there's so many cute sections where I like got to the top and I was like, oh, where do I go from here? And all of a sudden, like Waddle D like pull like pops his head out of the yeah, bot, like pops his head out like, oh, right up this way. It's like, exactly. oh, it's so cool. That's so great. It's such a great game. God, yeah. Really, really good stuff. Great soundtrack, and I get, too. Oh, my Oh, God. yeah, yeah. I was talking about that on the uh, during the stream because it was like a lot of Nintendo 64 soundtracks have like kind of a harsh, like honky kind of quality to it. I don't know how to say like the like if there's like horns and stuff, there's like a really like harsh, like honking that can, yeah. I don't know, at least I'm thinking of like Banjo-Kazooie, just like, hey, 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 yeah. like just like really abrasive kind of on the sounds. And like this has like that nice soft, like. I don't know. All the instruments have this soft, like warm kind of feel to them that just They're feels nice. Incredible. Feels doesn't sound like a Nintendo 64 soundtrack at all. No. We're like, I usually feel like you can kind of hear those like samples. A yeah, bit. it's it's definitely like, yeah, some FM synthesis on like it, trying to recreate like, oh, yeah, this is obviously like a fake string or a fake like flute, but it also like isn't doing it. in a way that it's trying to like be a hundred percent like it's trying to be a fake flute but with character as opposed to trying to be the closest imitation possible which is exactly what i think a lot of uh, 64 soundtracks suffer from yeah they're like we have the power we can do 3d we can do everything now you know Mm -hmm. they're just going going a, a little overboard um but yeah, I think uh, that can lead us to the last. We'll just go all and we'll have a Nintendo fest today pretty much. <laughs> and uh, I, I might, might have even mentioned this earlier, but yeah, I ended up uh, after playing Kirby in the Forgotten Land and kind of being just kind of left. I, I just kind of was left wanting like, man, I I kind of got the Nintendo fix I wanted, but I kind of didn't, I guess. And like I just ended up feeling I, I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? I, never, I haven't really played much Yoshi's Crafted World. And actually, just like uh, Kirby 64, I actually hadn't played any of it. I've never had even oh, wow. popped in the cartridge other than I must have put it into like get redeem my 16 Nintendo right. points or whatever. But like, again, this is another one I played with my cousin, Drew, my, my cousin, who's like, you know, I think he's five years, four or five years old now. Um, but we played and he's he's actually come a long way gaming wise. Like last time I was home, I think I talked about we were playing like Mega Man 7 and he was beating levels and telling Good me God. which boss to take down next and whatever. I'm like, yo, I mean, Whoa. he wasn't like acing the levels or anything, but he was like he must like watch some YouTube video. I mean, that's better something. than me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't easy. He was doing like making some jumps where before, like when we were playing Yoshi's Crafted World together. And I don't know if it was just the demo or if I was over their house and we played the first couple levels. Um but uh, but yeah, it was kind of like me just waiting for him a lot of the time. So I'm, I'm looking forward to playing some more games with him as he uh, grows up and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I ended up uh, kind of being like, OK, well, I guess I'll pop in Yoshi's Crafter World. And like I said, I ended up starting from the top. And I other than playing with my cousin once, I did play the demo because I remember thinking like, oh, this is pretty cool. And there's like some cool elements in this game, because like not only do you have like the regular stages. So uh, let me just let me just kind of explain the core concept of the game, because I'm going to gush about this game. Good. I 
love this game. Like I, you can you can you can have your Yoshi's Island. I'm taking <laughs> Yoshi's Crafted World and Yoshi's Woolly World for that matter over it any day. And I'll take that with a grain of salt because I do like a more linear experience. And my really my I love Yoshi's Island. And my only real gripe with Yoshi's Island is just the levels are huge. A little too open-ended, too many invisible walls, kind of a lot of the gripes I level at like the new Super Mario Brothers series with like the invisible walls everywhere. But this is like just even more so like even on the DS one and I think there's even another like new Yoshi's Island or something on 3DS. But they're all just like a little bit too big, but I, I do love them. They're great games, but they're just a little too hard, a little too massive, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Um, although I would be curious to go back now that I don't, the last time I played Yoshi's Island, I was very much like, a am going for a hundred percent kind of gamer. And I did, I think I even did get a hundred percent on the Game Boy Advance, like remake or whatever of that game, but mm-hmm. it's not easy to do in this game. Uh, Yoshi's Crafted World kind of has the same setup where there's like 20 red coins on each stage that are kind of hidden. They're not like deliberately red. They're just yellow, regular yellow coins, but you can usually kind of tell like, oh, this one's, this one looks a little juicier where it's placed. Like it must be. <laughs> This, this must be one of the hidden ones. And then uh, you have a health bar that like goes up. You start at 10, I think, and you can get it up to 20 throughout the stage. So you can't really you can die, actually, but like takes quite a few hits to die for the most part. You're kind of works more like, again, this is made by the same people that made Yoshi's Woolly World and Kirby's Epic Yarn, uh, which is probably my favorite Kirby game. But like in like in Kirby's Epic Yarn, you would get hit. You couldn't die in that game, but you would like lose all your beads and like. You had to have a certain number of like beads or gems to like get a certain ranking at the end of the level. And that's sort of how your health works in the Yoshi games. Like you have to have full health when you beat the stage to get like that checkmark boxed off and then get 100 coins in the stage to get that checkmark boxed off and then do everything in one run to get that checkmark boxed off. So I'm not doing any of that. I'm just beating <laughs> the stages and going for I'm going for as many as I can. But I'm no, and it that's might, good. I, that's the I way might to even do have it. the exactly. I might even have the incentive to go back, but. I don't even need that incentive to go back. Like that's kind of my mentality with these games. A lot of, uh, or with these kind of games these days is like, I'll usually say, okay, all the extra collectibles, like if they're not kind of right there, like if I ever get the itch to play this game, that'll be my incentive to go back is to go back for the collectibles. But with the way Yoshi's crafted world works, it's basically a 2d side scroller for the most part, but there is some like depth. You can like move into the background at times or the foreground. There's kind of like pretty scripted paths. Like you can clearly tell, Oh, I can walk forward here, but you can throw your eggs just like you can in all the other Yoshi games, but hit stuff in the background and knock out like shy guys that are holding up coins in the background or open up a secret path or whatever. But when you beat the stage, there's like a finish line. And then after you beat, it doesn't open up immediately, but every stage event, once you hit like the second world, it's like, oh, now there's like hidden poochies. Do you want to go find the hidden poochies? And there's three hidden poochies on every stage. And the cool thing is when you go and play those stages, I haven't done any of these except for one poochie stage just to try it. But when you go back and play these poochie stages, there's almost like a timer. It's almost like a speed run stage, although it doesn't seem to matter, except for maybe you do get like a medal or ranking or something Mm -hmm. uh, if you beat it under a certain time. But basically, you're just looking for the poochies. But you're actually starting at the end of the level and working your way back towards the beginning of the level. And you're also actually like behind the level. So again, this is Yoshi's Crafted World. So a lot of the stuff kind of almost has even the look of like how the newer uh, Paper Mario games like bring in like the real world elements to the game and kind of have like the, oh, here's a thing like made out of like paper 
uh, you know, paper towel rolls or I, I can't mm-hmm. think of any good examples in those games. No, but like, like bare cardboard instead of painted or like exactly. Tapes, yeah. Uh, like where you could see it as opposed you, to like, yeah, you can see the seams and how everything was put together and the strings and the clips and the whatever. But the, the levels are just so thoughtfully put together, not not only from like the actual like structure and, and it actually like kind of structurally makes sense. Like, oh, here there's here's this rubber band platform that you can jump up through, but you can't fall through it or whatever but you can kind of bounce on it and like that just everything makes so much sense like logically and visually and like it it just like it's just such a great experience from front to back and and don't let anybody tell you these games are easy either i i've had a pretty hard time beating some of these stages like not some of the boss battles were on the easier side but still really cool like you know in typical yoshi game fashion they just turn into these huge massive bosses like kamek comes swoops in sprinkles a little magic dust on them and they just turn into these huge monsters and just ah the game just has so much personality like a lot of little like one-off like visual gag jokes and stuff like that in the little mini cutscenes, and like i i just can't stress enough how much i loved this game like it just a, one of my favorite games on Switch. Easy. Easy Damn. one of my favorite games on Switch from Nintendo. Um, and yeah, whatever like emptiness I was left feeling when I uh, beat Kirby. And don't get me wrong, I loved Kirby in the Forgotten Land too. I really did like that game. But at whatever emptiness I was feeling from that, I felt like, oh man, this totally filled that void and then some. And there's even like... I didn't have enough flowers collected. I'm pretty close, but there's like after I beat the game, I clearly like unlocked like a little extra bonus world. And like each world has like either two or three stages in it. And it's just like so it's just so cool. It's it's one of the most fun, lovingly put together games I've ever played. And I, I can't say enough good things about it. I Yo, or, uh, Yoshi's Epic Yarn. Kirby's Epic Yarn <laughs> is one of my favorite games of all time as well. And I I mean. I've said that probably about a hundred different games at this point, but I, I really think this is one of the stronger efforts from Nintendo when I've, you know, I've kind of been griping about some of their stuff, even, even Kirby to some degree, but like after Mario golf and stuff, they've been, they've been a little hit or miss when, you know, in the past I've kind of looked at them as like pretty much a hundred percent of the time. If there's a game I want to play from them, I end up liking it. And that hasn't so much been the case as of late. So the, to fire this up and kind of, it almost felt like a sleeper surprise hit to me. Cause it's like, I've, had this game for months and months, if not years at this point, and finally fired it up. And what a pleasant surprise. Like, not that I was nice. expecting to not like it because I already I never beat Wooly World, but I enjoyed what I played of it. But this is this is a, a little bit of cut above that, because I do remember getting like frustrated about something with Wooly World and stopping yeah. at some point, because I know I talked about that on the podcast and I was loving it, too. But I, I remember stopping for some reason. And I don't yeah, remember why. I think. I was, it was kind of the same thing that you were talking about, like with Kirby, where I was like, yeah, this is good, but I'm just like, eh, this, that, that's how I felt with Wooly World, where I was like, yeah, this yeah. is perfectly nice. I like playing it, but it's also not like, I'm not feeling compelled to really pl- keep playing it or keep going at it. Yeah. I think even in that game, like some of the levels were getting kind of long and tedious and it was just yeah. like, ah, oh, I died again. Oh, I got to do that from the top. Oh man. And this was, this one just felt like it reined in that scope by saying okay we'll do a flip side of the level and you can look for the poochies or you can replay the levels and look for the coin like it just it reined in the scope a little bit more um but definitely not like it wouldn't just be like oh hand your little kid this game and they'll have a great time like it would definitely be one to like play co-op together because they might need a little hand getting Mm -hmm. through some of these stages because it's it's not easy um not not elden ring either but it's not easy (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, I think, uh, man, we gushed about some games a little more again, we went on the, just like Randall and I did a few weeks ago, just like, Oh, we don't, what are we going to talk about? Okay. I guess we got plenty to talk about. So it's easy when you like the games you talk about. Exactly. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, I think we can pretty much wrap it up there for this week. And, uh, yeah, like we said, uh, we'll begin, I'll be doing some kind of wrap up, uh, feedback or just some kind of postmortem for the game jam stuff. I definitely want to have some kind of either write up or a video or something that kind of does a recap of the whole experience, but I'll get that out when I can, but I'll definitely have links to the videos and the streams we've done of the game so far, but definitely stay tuned for a little more coverage on those games as well. Cause, uh, there's really, uh, again, 51 games and there's more than just a few gems. So we'll be talking about some more of those in the future, but until then, I think we can, uh, wrap things up here and, uh, we'll, uh, catch you next week. Take care. Bye. There's like a whack-a-mole zombie game almost that you play like entirely with the mouse and you're it's like a 360 degree arena. So like you're like whipping the mouse around really quickly and like you got to snipe or not snipe, but you got to shoot the zombies before they pop out of the grave. And you only get three like sniper bullets that like if they if they start running away, like if they get far enough up out of the grave, they'll start like running out of the cemetery and you only get three of those shots where you can like, okay, I get like one like where I kind of miss that enemy, but I can take him down. But if you run out and then you're that was sort of their take on permanence, I guess I wasn't able to beat that one. But it, I, be, I guess there's an ending because I saw some people in the comments going, oh, I beat, I was able to beat this one. And I was like, oh, geez, there's an ending. I just thought it was a high score chaser, but really cool game. Really stylish, too. Nice. Yeah, just nuts, man. Just nuts. And that Blabberf game, you're really going to love that Blabberf game. I'll stop talking about the jam games in a sec, yeah. but the Shrine of Cards. I don't know if you saw me post about that one on Twitter. It's like a purple and yellow, like pixel art, like Blabber made gun rounds and dueling dragons. And like, if you're somewhat familiar with his pixel art style, it's kind of like a one bit style. But basically you're like, you get, it's like a deck building card game, which the fact that he made everyone, all the developers like, you're making a deck builder for a game jam. Are you nuts? And then he was like, yeah, I thought I had one more day. So I kind of rushed this out. The balance isn't too great. And I did beat it on my first try, but the balance felt fine to me. You basically like get dealt cards and you're trying to like, you get like five, I think they're just called supplies or something. And if you, every time you stack five supplies, like into the shrine, you're basically like building the shrine up and the shrine itself in the background, like is kind of like a dithered pixel shrine in the background. And it starts like filling up with white pixels as you, you like get through like a level, like every level you fill up, it basically fills up to the next tier, but like there'll be enemies and stuff that pop up along the way and you just get to play three cards per turn but you might get a card that's like play the next card twice or something like that. Some of the enemies might steal your supplies and, you know, so you might have gotten three out of the five supplies built up for the shrine. But then this like uh mobster, right? that's not the name. I forget what the name of the enemy is, but they'll like come and steal the that maybe they'll do damage to you or maybe they'll steal some of your supplies. So you have to start from scratch on that wave or whatever. But it's uh, it's such a cool game. I blabber always blows my mind with. The stuff they put together. Gun Rounds is still one of my favorite games and discoveries after the that Ichio bundle for racial justice and equality is where I found their stuff. 